This new Jurassic World movie looks incredibly scary and exciting. It's just come out. I haven't had a chance to see it. It looks awesome, and so I look forward to seeing that. And today, we're going to be using some footage from a former Jurassic Park movie, since we can't tap into the new movie because it's so brand new, and uh, they're not going to let us do that. But, uh, you know, we don't endorse movies through the Summer at the Movies kind of series but what we can say is they're not perfect uh, from a Christian perspective, but there's some bits and pieces in there that we can certainly learn from. And so we use them kind of like Jesus used parables and stories. And so uh, the new movie's out. We're kind of excited to, to get back to the Jurassic world. And so today we're going to dive into that world by looking at some clips from former movies as we line those up with some biblical truths and see some neat things that God is ready to teach us. Good morning. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I just want to thank you all for being here today. Uh, I'm out of town uh, with Pastor Nancy and a couple of members of our, of our congregation. Uh, we're attending an annual denominational meeting, and so we wish we could be with you, but uh, since we can't, we want to try something new today. And so I had the awesome experience of being able to think and pray about what it is that God would have me say as part of our Summer at the Movies uh, message for today. And so we went ahead and pre-recorded that, and we're going to deliver that to you today. And we just hope that it's going to be an awesome message. And I thank you for the opportunity to talk to you through this really cool technology. So love to begin today with some words of Paul and his letter to the Romans, first century church in Rome. Uh, Paul is an apostle who wrote most of the New Testament, uh, and he says something pretty interesting. I don't know if it applies to your life, but it certainly resonates with me and mine, and, and I'm guessing it does uh, resonate with you once we read it. So let's check this out. Romans chapter 7, verse 19. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So Paul says, sometimes I'm faced with challenges, uh, tempted to do the wrong thing. I don't want to do that, but for some reason, I end up doing it anyway. I'd rather do the right thing, do the good thing, but I'm just not able to control myself. And biblical scholars have really kind of debated about what Paul's talking about and when he was referring to himself uh, in his life. Was this before he became a Christian, when he was still a, a Jewish uh, follower under, under the Jewish law of the 613 commands? Or was it when Paul was an immature Christian, a new Christian still trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ? Or does it reflect his mature Christian thought? Even though I've followed Christ for a long time, man, I still wrestle with this. And I wish I had time to go into like which one I think it is and, and what other biblical scholars think, but just don't have time for that today. And I'm sure some of you are like, whew, glad we're going to dodge that bullet. But I think the key question is, when temptation comes our way, do we have the power to resist it, or sometimes does it just take over and we do things that we don't want to do? I think the short answer is, on our own, we're in big trouble, and we're probably not going to do well. We're probably not going to make the best choices if we try to go through life on our own when we face a moral choice, when we have the angel on one shoulder, uh, the devil on the other shoulder. If we're trying to go through life by ourselves, we're going to be in some serious trouble. The good news is that God is with us, and God comes to give us some help. Even before we knew who, know who God is, 
God is present in our life. Uh, and there are a lot of people who, before they know who God is, when they're faced with a moral dilemma, a moral choice, uh, their conscience acts up and, and, they, and they feel the tug to do the right thing or the wrong thing. If they do the wrong thing, well, we sometimes we feel guilty about that. And so uh, that is God working in our life before we even know it. God's already saying, hey, there's something right, there's something wrong. Want you to choose the right path. And we call this uh, prevenient grace. It means that God is at work in our lives before we know who God is. But once we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, once we become a Christ follower, we say, God, I invite you into my life and I want to follow you, God comes in and gives us power. He gives us power to resist doing the wrong thing, which the Bible calls sin. And so when we are a Christ follower, we're faced with these dilemmas. We still feel the tug of war between, hey, I want to do the right thing, but it sure would feel good to do the wrong thing. Jesus comes in and he gives us the power to stand up and to do the right thing, even though it's difficult. And so we can't really lay the blame on anyone else but ourselves when we're facing a moral choice when we walk with God. We can't say, devil made me do it. I grew up in a terrible situation, and so I, I can blame my childhood. You know, my teacher did it. The, the government's doing it. We have to accept responsibility for ourselves because God is with us and gives us power to resist temptation. Uh, but sin crouches at the door. That's the way it's said in the book of Genesis. And so every day that we go out, we live our lives it's hard to be a Christ follower because there's so many temptations that are happening uh, in, in our everyday life. So this week, this Sunday, we're going to look at some lessons from some of the Jurassic Park movies. Uh, we did this last year, and we kind of talked about how they kind of line up with some of the Scripture that gives us some great advice about how to resist temptation. So let's see if what we studied and what we've read in Scripture still holds true even as the next Jurassic Park movie has come out, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So hang on and let's see just exactly what we can learn about resisting temptation. Whenever I watch these Jurassic movies, I always wonder why the characters are surprised when dinosaurs start eating them. I mean, if you don't want to get eaten, then you probably shouldn't go to the only place on the earth where the largest, most dangerous animals that ever existed happen to be and expect to get out without some kind of drama happening. So I think some advice that we could give to any of the people in these movies is if you don't want to get eaten, don't go to the park. So I think that also applies to temptation. So let's check out a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your own way. So we want to stay out of the park. If something looks bad, we want to stay away from it. So if our friends are throwing a party when their parents are out of town, don't go to the party. If we've got a gambling problem or an addiction, probably a good idea not to go to Vegas. If our neighbor that we find attractive who is married to someone other than us invites us over to their house when their spouse is out of town, don't go. If we're heavy into debt, if we're struggling with uh, spending, we need to stay away from the mall. 
if we love a good gossip session and we know the neighborhood gossips are getting ready to churn out some stuff, stay away from the cul-de-sac. If we're super angry with somebody in our life and we haven't had a chance to process it and we're just ready to explode, don't go where they are in case we might just lose it and say something that we'll regret and can't take back. If we struggle with pornography, it's a great idea to stay away from websites. So one way to avoid temptation, don't go to the park. I don't know about you, but my heart is thumping. If those dinosaurs were chasing me, I would outrun the fastest man in the world, Usain Bolt. There's no way I'd let those dinosaurs catch me. You'd be looking at me saying, is that Pastor Kyle running on the water? Absolutely. I just passed Jesus and I just passed Peter. I'd be so fast, you couldn't even see what I'm doing. The camera can't even capture how fast I am. I've been to Florida and back since I just spoke to you. So it's important when we see danger like that to run, to flee, just run as quickly as we can. So got a few scripture passages that kind of help us understand what we're talking about. Let's begin with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 14, Paul writes, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Then from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. And from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 22 through 23, flee the evil desires of youth. And I think we could add the evil desires of middle age, the evil desires of old age, whatever, and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish or stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. So I think what scripture, I think what uh, the movie is kind of encouraging us to do when we see temptation is to run, to flee, to get away from it. Obviously, we don't want to go to the park, but if we get too close to it and temptation's coming our way, then we need to turn the other way and run away just as fast as we can. I was counseling a man one time who was dealing uh, with adultery, and he had not con committed physical adultery, but he was having an emotional affair with a woman where he worked. And it was, it was tearing him apart. He didn't know how to kind of get away from that. And you know, some people might argue that an emotional affair might even be worse than a physical affair because we've given our heart away to someone. But either way, adultery, emotional or physical or both, is not something that God wants or desires for us. And so as I worked with him and counseled with him, eventually he was able to, to end the affair, uh, to make peace with his wife, and to move forward. And now he continues to remain in touch with me, and he says whenever he gets close uh, to a, another woman in a, in a situation to where he begins to have some of those feelings that he had when he had the emotional affair, he's able to recognize that he's in a dangerous situation uh, and he leaves that situation. He runs from it. He flees from it. And so his, he's been able to understand what it is that might get him into trouble and God has given him this wisdom. So when he sees temptation coming, uh, he gets on the run and he runs faster uh, than the people in the movie did from that dinosaur. So we can flee, we can run from temptation when we see it coming. Sometimes we have to be bold when temptation comes. So let's check out in James chapter 4, verse 7, uh, how Scripture can help us best interpret this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sometimes we avoid the park. 
Sometimes we run away from temptation, but sometimes God says we need to stand up to it and to resist it. It's okay to say to the devil, get away from me. Jesus claims me and I will not let you have power in my life. Sometimes we have to stand up to temptation, stand up to evil, and lean onto the power of Jesus. I know of many people in our congregation and in other churches that I've served who struggled with the temptation of alcohol. And some of them have been victims of the disease of alcohol. And it's a very challenging thing to have to deal with. But what's beautiful about it is so many times I've seen person after person find their way back by standing up and resisting uh, the urge uh, to drink. And they do this primarily through the power of God and through Alcoholics Anonymous and a great support system. And so uh, it's just been incredible to see how people can stand up to the temptation of something that can be so powerful in their lives. I've seen it in church members, seen it in family members, uh, especially uh, a family member close to me. My grandfather uh, was able in his old age as a caretaker of my grandmother to stand up uh, and to say no uh, to alcohol and, and to get help through AA. And God was with him and it, it changed his life. And we were so grateful that sometimes we are able to stand up and to resist temptation. Wow. Sometimes terror and temptation can be so overwhelming that all we can do is sit there and, and lay still. Check out this amazing passage of Scripture from the Old Testament in the book of Psalms. Psalm 46.10, God says, Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just have to realize that we can't face temptation on our own. We need God's help. And the best thing that we can do is just to sit still and to ask God to come and give us strength. Say, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on me. Protect me just as that guy when he cut that fuel line. We need the power of God. We are not in this by ourselves. And to go it by ourselves is just a recipe for disaster. So sometimes we just have to simply sit there and say, Lord, give me your power come into my life and help me know you are God and you've got this. And through your power, I can resist the temptation that is coming my way. Well, I've saved the best and most exciting passage of scripture uh, for last. And so let's check this out. Again, we're sticking with Paul. Uh, this time he's writing to the church in Corinth. We'll be in 1 Corinthians and we're going to see uh, some awesome advice that he gives uh, that's really, I think, a game changer. So let's check this out. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 through 13. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This passage of Scripture is probably the most uh, misinterpreted Scripture that there is in the Bible. A lot of people interpret it as, as God saying, God won't give you more than you can handle. And we usually use that when someone's gone through a hard time. Hey, don't worry about it. God won't give you more than you can handle. But that's not what this Scripture says at all. In fact, it's bad theology. It's bad God talk. Because when we say that God won't give us more than we can handle, uh, these are some of the examples that might happen. 
I'm sorry that your husband died of cancer, but know that God won't give you more than you can handle. Or, I'm, I'm super sorry. I'm really sad that, you know, your child was kidnapped and raped and killed, but don't worry. God won't give you more than you can handle. Do you see how painful that is? We, we try to say something nice to someone in a very difficult circumstance, but what it's saying is that something terrible happened to someone else in their life or even to themselves because God thought that they could handle it. And so it, it, it's a terrible, painful thing to say to someone. And so I just would encourage us not to say that. What the scripture says is that God won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. So what it's saying is that we will be tempted, not by God, but that when we are tempted, God will give us the strength to stand up to that temptation in all the ways that we've talked about. What's encouraging is that we're not alone in this. The scripture says, you know, don't be cocky. Temptation is real and it can wreck our lives. But we're facing things that all kinds of people, billions of people have faced before we did. And many of them were able to get through because they relied on God. And so, yeah, we have new technology and new ways of seeing tempting things, but there's no new temptation under the sun. There's greed, there's lust, there's efforts for power, uh, all sorts of things like that. There's no new human temptation. And the good news is God's used to dealing with it. And God will give us a way to stand up to that temptation. So the big question is, so what? So what? We've read all this scripture. What are we talking about? What's the main point? What, what do we need to walk away with today as, as we think about dinosaurs on one hand and temptation on the other? And here's what I think the simple message is. God always provides an escape hatch. Whenever we're facing temptation to do the right thing, do the wrong thing, God always provides an escape hatch. So the next question is, well, so now what do I do about it? When we're facing temptation, what we do about it is we take it. We take the escape hatch. God always provides an escape hatch. And what we need to do is to take it, whether that's don't go to the park, whether that's run and flee from the temptation, whether that's stand up and resist temptation and fight back, or whether it's be still and know that God is God and gives us the power to resist sin and temptation. And wow, that is such a liberating concept. So everything that we kind of talked about, if you were here last year, as we dug into the scriptures, as we dug into Jurassic Park, it still seems to be applicable. There's no new temptation under the sun. God gives us the power to resist it. So I guess the biggest question that we need to, to walk away with from today is, what temptation are you facing in your life right now? And if you're feeling like Paul did at the very beginning of the message where he says, you know, I really want to do the right thing, but I really feel that I'm going to do the wrong thing. We, we can't take that as an as acceptable answer because we've seen that God is with us and always gives us an escape hatch. And so we need to take that. We need to stay away from the park. Don't go to that park. We need to run. We need to flee. We need to resist. Uh, we need to be still and know that God is God. We, we just, we can't play the blame game. We can't say the devil made me do it. We can't say our, our childhood made us do it. We can't say the government made us do it. We have the power of Jesus Christ to resist temptation. And just imagine if we all tapped into that power, 
how much more joy-filled our lives would be, how much uh, more we would not have to worry about guilt and, and all the shame that we, we carry around so much because we did what God called us to do. Now, we're not perfect, and we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to give in to temptation, and that's the beauty of God's grace, this unmerited favor where God says, I love you, and I forgive you, and I want to help you do better in your life, but it's about a relationship. God loves us. He wants the best for our lives. He wants us to live life to the full, and temptation leads to doing things that wreck our lives, and so God says, I want you to have a full life, so resist temptation. I will always give you an escape hatch. Please take it and live life to the full. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.